GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I'm LPJ, and I am joined by a man who always gives me the crotch when he walks by me, and it's a real <laughs> alpha power move. I'm kind of uncomfortable by it, but also, you know, not uncomfortable by it at the same time. Hovercraft Joe. This is pretty good. Thanks. As far as your intros go, this is Listen, pretty good. I wanted, to, I wanted to see you gave me the crotch instead of the ass because, you know, I wanted to make you look good. Yeah, no, I I, I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, we, as we've talked about before, we're in our uh, we're just going to do whatever movies we feel like phase of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so we're uh, talking about uh, Fight Club tonight, which is a you pick. Yeah, this is a, this is uh, an LPJ pick. An LPJ pick. Uh, I'll, I'll state for the record that this movie came out uh, October fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, but why don't you maybe? Why don't you get into it? Why'd you Why'd you pick this movie, LPJ? I picked this movie because it's one of those ones where I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I remember really enjoying it. And um, I've seen it, you know, probably three four times. But I somebody was talking about it on something. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was a podcast I was listening to or just somebody on the radio or somebody, but they, they had mentioned fight club. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a decent movie. I enjoyed that. Uh, and this gave me an excuse to watch it. Cause you know, we're just going to do whatever the fuck we want this month <laughs> and every month following. Yes, that's fair. That's fair until the end of time or until the end of the podcast, Correct. Um, which it wouldn't be an episode of the show nowadays. If we didn't talk about podcast ending. you're right. And, and you know what? It seems to frighten people that we keep mentioning it. It's really weird. Like they yeah, all get, everybody I'm, gets a little nervous. Well, you know, we won't have Craig on for a while. <laughs> yeah. After after what happened last time. Woo, sorry about sorry about that guys. <laughs> um yeah, we so um we saw this movie together. We certainly did. We we have a very specific shared history with this movie. Um, why don't I I feel like you probably remember it better than me. So why don't you we saw this. Wanna... We saw this uh, October thirtieth of nineteen ninety nine. Yes. The reason why I know we saw it October thirtieth is because I can't remember if we went before or after the movie. I want to say it was after. Oh uh, yeah, we went to a haunted house. We went to a haunted house. Me, you, your brother. I don't know if Jody was there or not. I think he might have. Been. I think it was just me, you, and my brother. Was it just the three of us? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Um. It was the first. No, it was the second. Uh, the second fall, like our second year of college, <clears throat> and your brother was still in town because he was still going to college at the time too. Yeah, that would make sense. Yep. That would make sense. Yeah. So we just all got together on a Saturday and said, "Hey, Fight Club came out. Let's go see Fight Club." I think it was a Saturday. It, it doesn't matter. The point is, it was it was October thirtieth, and we went. And yeah. um, your brother, we went to this fight. We went to this haunted house, and I'm going to talk a little about the, about the haunted house. I get it. It's not about Fight Club, but you know what? We do whatever the fuck we want now. Um, we went to this haunted house. I remember walking in and the opening, like the first door in there, it's pitch black and there's no door. 
and we're feeling around and there's like <laughs> this little tunnel. I'm like, well, I think we got to crawl on the tunnel. You guys are like, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's because you didn't want to crawl on the floor or something. I don't know what the deal was, but we thought we th- that was the correct thing. You crawl through the tunnel and then you yeah. go through this long ass haunted house. It was pretty long. Yeah. And then at the end, some dude started chasing your brother with a chainsaw <laughs> and would not stop. And your brother yeah. got visibly frustrated and turned around and was like, okay, stop. <laughs> yeah, we were like outside of the, uh, I feel like we were outside we were, of the haunted house. We were done. The haunted house was hundreds of feet behind us and this dude was still chasing your brother. He was not happy. I, I feel like um, maybe to date, that's my only experience ever doing like an organized like haunted house. Um, and it, yeah. was, it wasn't it wasn't great. Like was I could fine. never handle I can never handle one of those really intense ones. I just, I don't think I could do it. Wait, were you there when we went through that one in that guy's garage with my dad? Yes, I was there for that one. <laughs> that was pretty and funny. I, and I went to that haunted corn maze a couple of times. Oh, yeah, which is nothing because there's so many people in there. It's like kind of defeats the purpose of the maze. I forgot about that one in the, in the garage. That was, yeah. that was weird. I feel like the garage uh, was way bigger than it seemed. I remember we... <laughs> A little far off track, but I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue to go off track by saying that. Remember when we made the one for the PTSA, like our senior year of high school? Oh yeah, I did it twice. I did we had it to make like the and senior year, we had to make like the different rooms. Yeah, yeah. We kind of got in trouble the second time. <laughs> Sounds about L- right. A little too scary for the kids. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Fight Club. <laughs> um. Yeah, but no. Um. Uh, this is like a movie that I remember obviously seeing and I, you know, I, I owned a copy of it, which I didn't watch because my Blu-ray player is still not hooked up. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, but I, I do remember watching this movie a lot, especially like during college. Yeah. It was in, in a heavy rotation, um, but I hadn't watched it in tw- uh, 20s too much. Let's say 15 years. I yep. sat down and watched it. That's about the same for uh, me. So, I mean, obviously we'll get into it as we're talking, but I will say that, like, kind of my feelings on this movie, I think, have changed a little bit, like, re-watching it. Um, but anyways, that's that's something we'll explore as we get further on uh, mm-hmm. with it. So, um, uh, this movie has a budget of $63 million. Which? Like, and I... And I guess I didn't realize this. It goes on a domestic gross of only $37 million. And then like international or worldwide total $100 million. $100 million. So This movie bombed. Yeah. Bombed hard in the U.S. Yeah. And not only that, like it started with a $25 million budget. They got about halfway through and it was $50 million. And then David Fincher's like, yeah, it's going to be $67 million. <laughs> <laughs> and then they started to pull funding from him, and so we shipped him three weeks worth of dailies, and they're like, uh, okay, you could have $67 million. Clearly a poor choice on their part. Yeah, it is. well, I mean, it is kind of a, I mean, not kind of, it is a weird movie. Like It is. I, I, and I guess it's probably one of those ones that's gained more of, like, a cult status, you know, like, which it kind of fits the bill as a movie where you're like, okay, I see why this is, like, kind of has cult status you know yeah and it, it's kind of it's um it is it, it's been not, i don't, don't want to say reevaluated, but they looked back at the time of, of when this came out and other films like three kings and um 
uh, Magnolia and stuff like that and sort of like uh, lump them all in as the kind of the, 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 not the rebirth. There's a kind of the new aesthetic of films that were being made. This is sort of the beginning of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it is, um, I guess I, I could have looked this up because, you know, we are a podcast and we're supposed to do research, but I feel like this is still fairly early ish and like Fincher's like career as far as directing movies, like maybe oh, yeah. his third or fourth movie. Yeah. He did before this, he did, he did seven he did Alien, Alien 3. 3 and The Game. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen The Game. Oh, it's so good. It's a great movie. <laughs> I, is it? It's very, very good. Um, But yeah, so it, it is kind of a weird... Uh, I don't know. It's like, it, I don't... I remember it being like a big deal and like, I don't know. But like, I guess I'm not surprised that it, it it's gross is so small. Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised, especially because it got so much it got bad publicity from several people publicly like Rosie O'Donnell who told people, <laughs> who told people yeah. not to go see it and then gave away the, gave away the plot, the twist like on her show. Um, and then, uh, you know, fight clubs started up after this, like in different areas. Um, and uh, yeah, people just kind of found it slightly disturbing in, in parts, which now it seems pretty tame for the most part. Yeah, um, but yeah, it got a lot of. It, you'd figure the infamy of it would have driven more people to go see it. But yes. it, it seemed to be the opposite. People seemed to drive people away, which I'm surprised at. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's weird because I don't. I like again. Like I, uh, I can't really <laughs> remember. I remember. I remember really wanting to see it. Yeah. Uh, I never read the book. It is based on the book. Did you ever read the book? I did. I, I did read the book. Um, okay. It's relatively faithful to it. They definitely cut some things out, like the first meeting of Tyler and the narrator uh, is totally different. Um, I, I don't want to say totally different. It's they meet. So in the book, they meet on a nude beach, and okay. and Tyler makes a um, a uh, what do they call sand a, a sundial out of the sand but he makes a giant penis out of the sand <laughs> and it's a sundial. And that's kind of what's how they meet at first. And then they meet again on the airplane on the way back, um, which is where they meet in the, in the movie they meet on the airplane. So they sort of cut that first part out. Um, and then the ending's different. Uh, he ends up in, in a mental institution at the end here. Obviously he doesn't. Um, yeah. So the ending's a little different, but in general, everything is, laid out pretty much the same. Like there's really not a whole lot of changes to it. And I, and I'm right in saying that, um, uh, Chuck, I can't, I'm not going to be able to say Palonic. his last name. He was involved in writing the screenplay screenplay or yep. wrote it or, okay. Yeah. He, well, he, um, the, the first couple of drafts were not written by him, but then he came back in and helped them out a little bit with it. But actually, a lot of it—not a lot of it—the last few drafts of it were written by Fincher, um, uh, uh, Brad Pitt, and Edward Norton. Like they added and changed some things around. They never got credit for it, but that's kind of how it worked. It ended up just sort of working out that way. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Um, okay. 
So the Rotten Tomatoes score for Fight Club is 79%. And listen, I know uh, last uh, Action Podcast superfan, The Glitch, has gone on the Discord and record and said that now the Beverly Hills Cop 3 uh, Rotten Tomatoes score is up to 11%. But I, I, I would like to state for the record, I'm not acknowledging that. It's still 9%. This movie is 70% better uh, than the 9% that Beverly Hills Cop 3 got on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and then the audience score is 96%, which I think is maybe one of the highest audience scores we've ever had. Yeah, I would say it definitely is, which I'm f- surprised at. But I, but I, what I also feel like is the people who see this movie and rate it are the people that already like it. You know what I mean? This isn't one of well, those ones where people who haven't seen it before are going to go in and rate it negatively. Well, that's that 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 is that is true. Uh, and again, I I, I still don't a hundred percent understand how the audience score is sure. calculated. Right. So, anyways, okay. Top grossing movies of nineteen ninety nine. Uh, big huge one at number one. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Uh, which is funny because I was just I was just talking about that. I've, I talked about this movie a couple different times recently because I was talking to someone about what it was like to go to the movies when you had to like wait in line to get tickets, and how yeah. we waited in line for like uh, I don't know Several six hours. seven hours to get tickets to this uh, episode one. But I also was recently talking to someone about uh, when I was at uh, Crazy Fest two in Louisville, Kentucky, in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, and it was right around when episode one came out. But anyway, hold, hold on. I want to back that up because that seeing when did episode one come out? May something yeah, like 1999. Okay. Like it feels like I have very vivid memories of seeing that for the first time and this movie for the first time. I It never crossed my mind that they were at in the same year, like within months of each other. <laughs> like I don't for whatever reason these two movies are a huge disconnect away from each other at points in my life and I don't know why same thing with Crazy Fest like I remember when you guys went to Crazy Fest um very vividly but like I, it didn't it doesn't line up in my head that all of those things happened in the same like year yeah so so aligned were episode one and crazy visit i remember seeing it for like a second or third time at a movie theater in louisville kentucky while yeah. we were down there um but anyways okay so that's number one number two is the sixth sense which is also a movie we saw together yeah uh and number three is toy story 2 this movie fight club comes in 54th in the domestic box office and other movies we have covered on this very podcast from 1999 are it's a real murderer's row are number five the matrix number eight the mummy and number 29 deep blue sea so So a real, uh, a, re- a real good uh, a mix of movies from what a uh, weird 19- mix of movies from '99, right? Yeah, I would say out of those ones, maybe <clears throat> the Mummy is my favorite. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, Mummy's good. I got, I got to go. Matrix is the best one. Oh, geez. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I, you, you are a bigger fan of the Matrix than me, uh, and we're both less fans than Sphinx. Uh, anyways, so this Correct. movie. Uh, this movie, as we mentioned already, stars Brad Pitt, Edward Norton. Uh, other people of note for me would be uh, Helena Bonham Carter, who I'm only going to refer to as HBC, HBC. from now on in the to. podcast. Uh, and then uh, Jared Leto. Um, and then I guess the our, uh, the dearly departed Meatloaf. That's the other person that I would mention. Yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> you could might mention Zach Rainier. He's a character actor. He plays uh, Edward Norton's boss. 
Uh-huh. Uh, he's been in a bunch of different things, like Tommy Boy. He's in Deadwood, if you've ever seen Deadwood. Um, he's just a character actor who kind of shows up in everything. And, yeah, that's it. You mentioned Jared Leto already, right? I did mention yeah. Jared I Leto. Wanted to make which... sure, I want to make sure you mentioned him. Uh, I mentioned them. Uh, so that leads us right into net worths. And let's start with Jared Leto. He's got that sweet, sweet uh, 30 seconds to Mars money. What do you think about Jared Leto? Jared Leto. What do I think about Jared Leto? Uh, he's got that. <laughs> he's got that sweet, sweet. I'm trying to think of a movie he was in that I actually liked other than this one. <laughs> um, I can't. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet. Um, Suicide Squad money. Uh, I'll say I'm going to say 50 million because the musician thing. 90 million dollars. You know, good for Jared Leto. Got that sweet, sweet Morbius money. Come on. Oh, uh, Morbius. Which I've again, been, I still I've, can't think of a movie that he's been in that I actually like. I've never seen Morbius. I feel like I should watch it. Just out of now, now I have to look it up. Uh, oh, Requiem for a Dream. He's in that. Yeah, American Psycho. That's a, an okay movie. Um, yeah, The Rest Man. I don't know. Oh, Panic Room. That's not bad. Uh, okay, I'm I, good. Okay, uh, next up, HBC. She's got that sweet, sweet. I think married to Tim Burton money. Was I make married that to up? Tim Burton money? Oh, was married. Okay, not she's married got to that, Tim Burton anymore. She's got that sweet, sweet uh, couple of Harry Potter movie money. Yep. Uh, she's got that, uh, sweet, sweet, uh, I'll say that sweet, sweet, uh, oh shit. What's it? Wednesday money. She's in Wednesday. Okay. I think your word for it. Maybe (laughs) thought she was just too late now. Just make your guess. No, you know what? We got time. What do we want, man? She got that sweet, sweet uh, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit money. Okay, what's your guess? Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, okay, I'll go with $25 million. $60 million. Stop lowballing HBC. You know Good for her. Uh, she, then got we have, that, she got some of that Tim Burton money. That's what she got. Then we have, we have oh, Edward she Norton. She was married to Kenneth Branagh, too, apparently. Dang. Um, then we got uh, Ed Norton. He's got that sweet, sweet primal fear money. What do you think for Ed Norton? He's got that. Edward Norton has that sweet, sweet. I'm going to say uh, the Italian job because he had to cut a deal with Paramount to do the Italian job in order for him to make this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go $25 million. Wow. You are so low. He has $300 million. That is insane to me that Edward Norton has $300 million. Hey, man. That's he what he's be, got. He must be cheap as fuck. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't verify these numbers. Uh, and then finally, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Brad Pitt. He's got that sweet, sweet Ocean's 12 money. What do you think for Brad Pitt? Ooh, Brad Pitt has that underrated World War Z money. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It is underrated. I've never seen it. It's good. It's 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 a solid movie. It's not at all like the book, but it's a solid movie. Well, I haven't uh, read the book. <laughs> well, then you're in luck. You won't miss out. Uh, I'm going to go $200 million. 
four hundred million dollars. You are the 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 night of lowballing people on the podcast. I, I got a headache, man. My sinuses are killing <laughs> me. It's an off night. Um, I mean, we already mentioned that uh, it was directed by David Fincher, uh, written by a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, music by the Dust Brothers. Yep. Um, but I would say most famously known for its use of uh, "Where's My Mind" by the Pixies. Um, that song is still dope. I still enjoyed uh, hearing it uh, at the at the end credits. Yeah, it is great, and it's it's weird that that's become like the anthem of this movie. You know yeah, what I mean, mm-hmm. no, I agree. Uh, okay, do you want to talk about some taglines? I mean. Yeah, it's sort of. I mean, part good. Of the, it's part of the show. I mean, yeah, good because uh, you you were gonna you were gonna get them anyways. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. <laughs> Should I do that every time before I do taglines? Like clear my throat, make a big thing of it. Oh, I thought you were doing the Nicolas Cage thing, like from Gone in sixty seconds. Go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, first one. How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? Next mm-hmm. one. When you wake up in a different place at a different time. Can you wake up as a different person? The answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> then oh, sorry. losing all hope is freedom. Um, next one. Don't ever talk about it. Experience it on Blu-ray. Wow. <laughs> that was for the 10th anniversary edition Blu-ray release. Uh, then we have mischief, mayhem, soap. Uh, and then we got works great even on bloodstains. And then we have uh, Mischief Mayhem Soap, but it's in German, uh, so I'm not going to try. Oh, no. Now you have to. Uh, Ubermutt Chaos Seif. There it is. See? Not bad. Aaron would approve. (laughs) My wife is going to hear this episode. No, she's not. And she's going to critique your German and be very impressed by it. No, nobody we know listens to this besides Jody. Jody's the only one who's like a regular listener. I think... Uh, glitch. I feel like he listen, listens regularly. I think he um, does, but I think he's listening for errors more than anything. That could be. He keeps hoping that we're gonna like implode before we reach that 269th episode and pass the legend of retro. But I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It's not gonna happen. I mean, we're uh, this is neither here nor there, but we're fast approaching episode 250, aren't we? Uh, LVJ, yes, I believe this is gonna be 245. Wow, we're getting there, folks. We're getting there. Um, okay, anything else uh, specifically that you want to talk about? Like, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, everyone knows I, when I do my research, I always go to the trivia section of the IMDb and print it off, you know, using the work printer, save myself some money. It's like 26 pages yeah, of stuff. Yeah, man, I was, getting ready to, I was going through it, and I'm like, there's 199 different things here for me to read. And the funny part is, like, I would say a quarter of them are the same few things over and over again. Yeah, it wasn't. I I didn't find a ton of it to be like super interesting. To be no. honest with you, like I'm trying to see if I even like marked anything that I thought was really like a lot of it was either very specific or, I mean, the only thing that I thought was kind of interesting, um, and, and you notice it the more you watch it, though. But it kind of points out like all. The different occurrences. I mean, okay, here's you know, the the big it, spoiler for Fight Club, which came out hold in on, 1999. Hold on. No, we don't do spoilers. You know what we say to people who are going to be spoiled by this? We tell them to go fuck themselves. That's okay. the rule on this show. You know that. 
I've put yes. that in paper. Uh, I put it. I it, it might as well be our tagline. If you're spoiled by this by this podcast, go fuck yourself. Okay. Well, the big twist or whatever for this movie is that uh, the narrator and 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 Edward Norton and, and Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt, that they're the same person, right? That he's had some kind of like psychological disconnect and like basically as an alternate personality. But like throughout the whole movie, he's interacting with them. But like upon you know, watching it more. And, and that's the thing I find interesting where they point out like all the different things where it's like, if you're paying attention, you realize yeah. like, and I always forget the one that they point out, like, and, and we'll talk about the scene when we're going through the plot, but when they went in the car crash, they point out that like, even though like in his mind, like Tyler driving the car, like <clears throat> when they get out, Tyler gets out of the passenger seat and like pulls Edward Norton out of the driver's side of the car. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the guys in the back seat have no idea what's going on. Like you can clearly see they think he's crazy. Right. He's obviously talking to myself. And then one of the other crazy things that I noticed or read about and then noticed when they're setting the car alarms off. Yeah. I never noticed that one either. That's yeah. Just this time around. So they're hitting car, they're hitting baseball bats and car alarms and none of the alarms go off until Edward Norton hits them. Yeah. So like Brad Pitt will hit first, nothing will happen, and then Edward Norton hits, and then the car alarm goes off. Yeah. So it does. It is one of those things where after you watch it, and, and you know kind of what the twist, which is which is kind of weird that this movie came out the same uh, year as one of the movies with the biggest, most famous twist of all time in movies, The Sixth Sense. Yeah. We're gonna spoil The Sixth Sense. <laughs> hey, guess what? He sees dead people. Bruce Willis is dead. <laughs> Like I, neither here nor there. But I like I've seen it a meme a couple times where it's like you think your job's bad, and it's like Bruce Willis in that movie. It's like you think your job's bad. This guy died and still went to work. <laughs> that is a great meme. I like it, that one. It, it always makes me laugh. But um, but yeah. So I uh, so I guess that's what we're getting at with this is that like there's a lot of information if you want to dig into it but i mean like i i just couldn't pull anything out that i thought was super like i don't know you know like yeah there wasn't really any you know a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were you know rewriting the script a little bit or they had some stuff they were fighting with with the with the studio to get put in there or kept or it was just stuff like that you know, you wrote a sequel to this in comic book form. I did. I did know that. I haven't read it, but I do. do a ten-part comic book series. I was kind of skimming some of the um, summaries of it, and it seems crazy. Uh, oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> a lot of this guy's books are sort of off the wall. Like they, he goes hard at like, he goes he goes hard at some really weird subjects. I mean, I would I would say that this movie and book are kind of off the wall. Well, that's what I mean. Like this is, this was his first book. And then he wrote a, a, he wrote like, I don't know, like 20 after that. And a lot of them are all, you know, about like religious cults and what's choke about. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's, there's all kinds of them that are, they're good. I like them, but they're kind of weird. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, yeah. Um, Okay. So uh, should we just get into the plot? yes wait wait yes so hesitant uh okay so the, the movie starts off with stretching uh, time stretching time <laughs> I, don't, I don't care i don't care how long the episode is <laughs> it is what it is um so it starts off with uh synapses 
and Dust Brothers music. Yep. Um, uh, and then we cut out to, uh, or or I guess before we really know what we're seeing, uh, we get that famous line of like when uh, when Edward, Edward Norton says that people are always asking me if I know Tyler Durden. Uh, and then we see that uh, Brad Pitt has a gun in Edward Norton's mouth. Uh, and they're, he's going to be blowing up a bunch of buildings. Um, okay, well, we don't know that he's going to be blowing a bunch of buildings yet. We know oh. that he's got the gun in Edward Norton's tied to a chair. Yeah. And Brad Pitt has the gun in Edward Norton's mouth. And um, it's kind of a, a preview of what we're going to see later on in the movie, essentially. Right. Um, so then, like, he, uh, Edward Norton starts to tell the story. He goes back and he first he starts talking about Marla Singer and, uh, and Meat Love's character, Bob. Uh, but then he's like, well, no, I got to go back further. So then he talks about how he has like insomnia, he hasn't slept for six months. Um, and, and it's kind of just like, I would say the beginning is like a, a whole like exercise on like, I don't know, like his, well, go ahead. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, they kind of imply that the insomnia is what, what develops the second personality. Like he has a, he has a mental breakdown because of the insomnia that he has, but they don't really talk about why he has the insomnia as much you know what i mean right well and there i mean like obviously this this movie has a lot of commentary on a lot of different things but i mean one of it is like you know like commercialism and our like uh reliance or whatever like uh our desire yeah fulfilling our lives with things that we like buy and stuff like that right um you know, so so you know that's a, he's a, he's got like this really nice condo, and there's that really cool shot though. I like where he's talking about all the stuff from like the IKEA catalog, yeah. and it's all like popping up in the condo with like the price tag and the, like the little description of what it is. Uh-huh. Um, so that's really cool. There are a lot of cool like camera stuff, as as you would expect with like uh, Fincher. Yeah, I, I would say Fincher is very kind of forward thinking as far as that goes. A lot of people ripped him rip him off later on. Um, yeah, but even the scene with the synapses. Uh, and then it, and then it blowing out, you know, coming out through his, uh, through essentially Edward Norton's skin into the scene. That's all. Yeah. People copy that all the time now. Um. So anyway, so like Edward Norton, he goes to the doctor and the doctor won't give him anything to help him sleep. He's like, Hey, you just need like natural sleep. Um. So he, but he tells him in, cause he's like, Oh, I'm in pain. He's like, Oh, if you want real pain, go to whatever this church at this time for like the testicular cancer survivor group. He's like, that's real pain. So Edward Norton starts going to this group and like, he finds that after going to these groups, he's able to like go home and actually sleep. Like it gives him like the release he needs. Uh, so he starts going to like all these different support groups for like different, like, diseases like every night of the week yeah so his insomnia is essentially what it seems like is caused by his uh like his his lack of emotional release essentially is what of what it is right um he spends all day he's an insurance adjuster and for or he's a he's i'm sorry he's a uh a recall adjuster for a major car company and his job is to decide whether or not they're going to do recalls based on how much it would cost to get sued um, from people potentially dying with these bad products. And he's just kind of become numb to the world essentially with no emotional release. And so he goes to these, uh, these, these, these help groups 
and just has the ability to release any kind of emotions that he has inside of him, and then he's able to sleep. Right. There you go. Um, I, I I like the bit where he goes to the one uh, and they do the guided meditation and he goes into his uh, his cave yeah. and he sees this power animal and it's a uh, penguin uh-huh. and it says slide. Yep, that's it. <laughs> uh, so he's going to all these different groups, getting great sleep, but then he starts seeing uh, HBC uh, Marla Singer at all these groups. Uh, and it's like because he knows that she's faking, he says it like call it like reflects on him, so he can't get the same kind of like release from it because it reflects his faking to him. Um, uh, and then like you get the recall of recall, the, the he goes back into his power cave, but he sees uh HBC in there yeah. and she tells him to slide. Um, uh, and then like he uh he confronts her about it, you know. Uh, and that's when they talk about one of the things uh, we're like, oh, when you're talking to someone who thinks that you're dying, you know, they're actually listening. They're not just waiting for their turn to speak, which is something that I always remember. That's a line that I always remember for this. Um, uh, I do like the little bit when he's following her around, uh, talking to her. She steals those clothes out of the laundromat uh-huh. and then, like, takes them into the pawn shop and sells them. Uh <laughs> Um, but then we get like the scene kind of like you ju- you already explained like him explaining his job and, and, and kind of all the places he's flying and, and you know you get like the montage of him flying different places um, and, and that's on and, one and of these. We should also discuss they decide uh, him and Marla decide to split up uh, when they go to these different places so that they're, they're, not, they're not there at the same time. So she has like Tuesdays and Thursdays. He has Monday, Wednesday or whatever. And then every other Friday or something, almost like they're dividing up children for uh, <laughs> between divorced parents. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's on one of these flights that he meets uh, Tyler Durden. Uh, he, he talks to him a little bit, tells him that he uh, he sells, makes and sells soap. Um, uh, and then, uh, you get that part you referenced at the beginning where he's like, cause he doesn't want the, um, responsibility of the, uh, emergency exit. So he's like getting up to leave. And that's where he says, uh, as I pass, do I give you the ass or crotch? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a funny part that I remember too. And then he passes um, the flight attendant and gives her the crotch. <laughs> yeah. Edward Norton, the ass. Um, so, uh, like then like Edward Norton doesn't have a suitcase cause like they found something vibrating in it. Uh, and that, that funny little bit where he's like, he's like, yeah, most of the time it's a razor. He's like, but every once in every so often it's a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, we always had to refer to it as the dildo, not your dildo. <laughs> that's a that's a funny little bit with the airline guy. Um, so then he goes home, but he finds out finds out that his condo explodes. Um, how do they explain the the condo exploding? Um, that the pilot light went out on the oven and on the stove, and it caused a small, tiny gas leak. Um, and then when the compressor on the refrigerator kicked on it sparked and caused the, the place to explode but uh stoves don't have pilot lights it's just not a thing <laughs> stoves don't have pilot lights they don't constantly have gas running yeah i was gonna say like that's not something right no and yeah your your compressor on your uh refrigerator is not going to spark so that's not a thing but that's what they said it was in the thing, in the movie. Uh, yes. So he ends up calling uh, Brad Pitt. 
because uh, he gave him his car, and they agreed to meet up and have a drink. Um, and, and this that's is why because I, Edward Norton has no family and doesn't have any friends or know anybody. <laughs> so it's literally he has two phone numbers. He's got Marla's phone number, and he's got Tyler Durden's phone number, and that's it. Yes, yes. So he calls he calls Tyler, and they meet at the bar. And hold on, this uh, is a, I like this. It's subtle. So he dials the number for Tyler, right? And yeah. it just rings and doesn't go anywhere. So he hangs up the phone. And then Tyler calls him back. So the phone number he dials clearly is one that he made up himself to give himself that he knew wasn't going to be picked up. And then, you know, it's another little nod to the fact that they're the same person uh, very subtly that he that Tyler calls him. And that's when they start talking. Right, 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 right. So they have a they have a discussion. Uh, you know, they they kind of talk a lot about his stuff at the bar. Uh, you know, that's where you get into some of like his like views of Tyler's views about like commercialism and stuff like that. He has that quote where he says, um, "The things you own end up owning you," and um, he's very. Uh, I, I don't. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to describe like Tyler's like characterization in this like who is he like what what is like his like belief system and like how he operates he's very like he doesn't believe he needs yeah he doesn't believe he really needs to pay for anything um you know he uh he doesn't like consumerism he doesn't really want anything um i don't even really know why he bothers selling soap other than just to buy groceries i would imagine yeah all right, you guess to make bombs. <laughs> oh yeah, that's probably part of it too. Um, but yeah, it, he's just kind of a an anti-consumerist. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, so uh, they're getting ready to leave, and uh, I like that. I I still like that little bit where he's like, "Oh yeah, I got to call a motel," and he's like, "Hey, just just ask me what you called me to ask you," you know. And it's like, "Can you stay at my place?" And he's like, "Yeah," uh, but then he's like. Um, that's when you get another famous line for this when he's like, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Uh, and he's like, what? They kind of argue back and forth. And then he does hit him and he hits him in the ear. And that that's part a, still makes me that, laugh. I love that. He hit me in the fucking ear. <laughs> it's so great. Um, so, um, so yeah, so they, they, they're fighting and then you get a little background of all the different like jobs that uh, Tyler, um, <laughs> that Tyler has the one I I always I always forget about the one where he, he works like flipping over the reels at the movie theater and uh-huh. he's, he he splices like individual frames of pornography into children's films, um, which is kind of wild. And then he like works at the banquet hall and he basically like pees in the soup. And... Yeah, he only takes jobs where he can cause some kind of like undetectable mischief. Is essentially what it is. He just takes yes. jobs where he can kind of just stick it to the man. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm <laughs> losing track of my my notes here. Okay. So then they go to his house. His house is like this rundown, like piece of shit in like an industrial area. Um, uh, yeah, it's a condemned it, home. Like there's there there shouldn't be any electricity to it. It shouldn't be operated. Like it's barred. Off. It should essentially be condemned. But he's squatting in it. Maybe he owns it. They don't really say. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's the thing he says. He's like, I didn't know if he was squatting or Yoni. He's like, neither would surprise me. Um, it's like it has power, but it leaks so much. Whenever it rains, they have to like turn the power out off and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like the basement had like standing water in it. Uh, there's just like stacked because they say like the previous owner must have been a shut in, and there's just like stacks and stacks of like newspapers and magazines and stuff. And that's that's sort of that thing where it kind of becomes like a running thing where he's like reading. It's like oh yeah, there's like. Uh, uh, a series of articles told from like the first perspective or pr- perspective of like different organs. The, so like the, you need, in the book, oh, go ahead. in the book, there's a lot more of that. <laughs> like, oh really? Oh yeah. I, you know, he just keeps and it throughout the rest of the movie. He keeps saying things like I am Jack's like whatever, yeah. you know? So, um, okay. Uh, I, and I do like that little bit where they're talking about, um, Brad Pitt's having the conversation where obviously it's Edward Norton <laughs> where he's like talking about like, you know, it's like his dad is like, go to college. And he's like, Oh, he went to college. And what now? He's like, I don't know, get married. And like Edward Norton has that quote where he's like, I can't get married. I'm a 30 year old boy, which is like, I feel like a big, huge part of this whole movie. Like, yeah. And it, I, and that's, I mean, like we'll get into it more as we go on. And that's sort of like the whole, like kind of like, masculinity like kind of like i guess i just don't know how serious this movie is like taking itself like is it you know like i don't know you know i guess that's where i kind of wonder because it has kind of a really warped view in my mind of what like masculinity and all this kind of stuff means but it's like maybe that's the point of the movie maybe it's not maybe it's trying to like i i don't know i, I guess know. that's it's where hard I get... to, it's hard to put your it's hard to pin it down because it it takes itself seriously, but at the same time, it also seems satirical. You know what I mean? Well, and I th- and I guess maybe that's d- dependent on the person watching it, because I feel like you could watch it and be like, yeah, I, this is me. I get this is how I feel. Or you could watch it and be like, oh, they're kind of taking the piss out of this right. point of view and stuff like that. So I guess that is maybe dependent on, on your own personal beliefs and how you feel about it. And maybe that's why I feel different about this movie. Maybe. Uh, as a 43-year-old as opposed to, like, a 20-year-old, you know? So... Maybe. Um, but anyways, um, so then they start Fight Club in the basement of the, the bar. Uh, well, it starts... The... It First, it starts in the parking lot. Like, right. those two guys that originally saw them fight... That saw, I guess, Edward Norton fighting himself um, join, and they start fighting, and then the crowd just keeps getting bigger and bigger outside until finally the bartender lets them in the basement. And they start having Fight Club in the basement of the bar. Yes. And, and then you get the famous scene where he welcomes a fight club and he goes through the rules of Fight Club. Yep. Could you could you go through all the rules for us, LPJ? Uh, well, the first rule is don't <laughs> talk did. about Fight Club. Yes. Second rule is don't talk about Fight Club. Right. And third rule is um, uh, fights are one-on-one. Okay. Uh, fourth rule is one fight at a time. Yep. Fifth rule is no shirts, no shoes, I believe. That's right. Yep, that's right. Uh, Sixth rule is uh, if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Nope. Sixth rule is fights will go on as long as as they they have have to. to. And then the seventh rule is if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Yep. Uh, And then I forgot how – well, I didn't forget how, but I it it is – Brad Pitt is so jacked and like cut in oh this God, movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like insane. Like he, he is an un, he has no body fat whatsoever. Like it is yeah. crazy. Yeah. It is. It is wild. I mean, you can, I can, I can appreciate, 
I'm sure he lived a miserable life for a while to get himself to look like that. And I don't know, because I kind of feel like he looks like that, like in that era, he looked like that all the time in every movie. It may be, it may be true, but it's like in order to, I mean, like you get, you can't eat anything fun, you can't drink anything fun, like right. to keep yourself looking like that. Unless so. he's got crazy metabolism. Well, maybe. You know what, Brad Pitt? I know you're listening. Uh, let us know. We'll do a special episode where we interview you about your diet and workout regimen when you were making these movies. Yep. Um, I like when they're talking about fighting historical figures, and Tyler said he would fight Abe Lincoln. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so then you get that bit where like Marla calls, uh, Edward Norton at the house and she's like, Oh, I just took a bunch of Xanax and she thinks she's dying and she's doing this whole dramatic thing. And Edward Norton just like leaves the phone on the hook and, and leaves. Uh, but then you cut to, uh, her and Tyler going to the bone zone and like, apparently like in the, as far as we know with the movie, Tyler picks up the phone and goes up and stops her from killing herself. Uh, and then you get like a, a big montage of just like Marla and uh, Tyler continuing to go to the bone zone. Yeah. Um, very noisily. Um, I, li- I like the shot of like as Edward Norton kind of starts like getting like less like the how he starts off at work and everything he's doing and the answer for his boss. And then there's that shot where he's just like smoking the cigarette and like he's got like the blood on him and stuff. I think that's what he's like. Is that your is that your blood? He's like some of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just deteriorates and gives less and less of a shit about everything else. Yeah. So, uh, and he also at this time he also gets a call from the police, and they they tell him that the that the explosion in his condo like wasn't an accident. That you know, like someone had used like homemade dynamite. You know, right. Um, so, uh, and then that it's still gross. I was like, I wonder if this scene's still gross. It's still gross when they steal the fat from the lipo. Oh yeah, still super clinic. gross. In the one bag, it's like caught on the barbed wire, and it's like, bleh. but they use it to make soap, uh, and that's where he gives. Um, he gives Edward Norton the chemical burn. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he kind of is like, it makes him go through this whole thing or in like, he finally pours, what is it? Just like vinegar on it. To, right. But like, to neutralize I like, I like when they show that scene later on, he, ba- you could see that he's just like doing it to himself. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Uh, then he goes, he gets a call from uh, HBC, goes and he checks her for breast cancer. Uh, and when he's leaving her apartment, he runs into Bob. Uh, meatloaf again yep. uh, he finds out that he's a member of fight club but he goes on different nights uh and then we uh cut to those two fighting each other uh in fight club and i really like the whole thing about meatloaf's characters that he has like boobs yeah he like he doesn't have his testicles so like he he like they well, he I took guess, a lot like, of steroids yeah and so he had uh testicular cancer so they removed his testicles but then his body was producing too much estrogen yeah and he developed boobs he developed boobs. Um, so, like, basically all this is a show that, like, Fight Club is growing. There's more and more people there. It's happening more and more nights. Uh, that's when the owner uh, of the bus... Unbeknownst to Edward Norton. Like, right, he had right. no idea he what was going on. He thinks it's only one night a week, and it's, like, four or whatever now. Uh, so then uh, Lou, the owner of the bar, shows up and is like, hey, you can't do this. Uh, and he beats up Tyler. Uh, and there's that like gross scene where like yeah. Tyler's like spitting all the blood <laughs> and stuff, uh, and he ends up agreeing uh, agreeing to let them continue to use the basement. Um, and that's kind of when, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Uh, that's when Tyler starts handing out like homework assignments, like he calls them, and mm-hmm. he starts like the first one is he wants um 
he wants people to pick a fight with a total stranger and like lose the fight. Uh, and that's kind of a funny montage where it shows other it people really trying is. to like, trying the, to pick a fight. The guy with the hose and the priest. <laughs> oh, he's like spraying the. I like when he, he knocks the Bible out of his hand. He's just spraying the, the hose. Spraying the yeah, it's really funny. Um, uh, and then so he um, Edward Norton uh, uh, he oh I, I was trying to read a word that I wrote in my notes and I couldn't read it he beats himself up like he goes to yeah. talk to his boss um, and, and first he kind of is like hey like you're still going to pay me my salary and I won't tell anyone like kind of like the shady dealings you guys do um, but uh, then he beats himself up in the office and there's that very big clue when he's like beating himself up and he's like oh for some reason i thought of my first fight with tyler and it's like because he's beating himself up um but he basically gets like uh (laughs) he gets all this money and like a computer and stuff and he's like oh that's you know like fight club had corporate funding now and that's how we got to have it every night of the week um and, and there's like a montage of them completing like different homework assignments like getting birds to poop on car dealerships and yep. just little kind of little like tiny that. acts of vandalism that sort of add up over time right so then there's that scene where um tyler holds the uh like convenience store clerk at gunpoint yeah uh and, and like takes his license and it's like uh, it says he's gonna kill him and then like ask him what he wants to do and the guy's like oh i want to be a veterinarian and he's like i'm gonna keep your license and if you're not going into vet school i'm gonna kill you which is like uh pretty intense but i guess the gun didn't have any bullets in it so um but then like more and more uh like you can tell like uh fight club is starting to become more like kind of like a cult at this point i would say yeah it's starting to kind of become uh, yeah like a cult it's not even a club not even a club anymore um is this uh, are we at the part where he starts inviting him into the house? I can't remember. Oh yeah, that was that was like the next thing is that okay. like he starts the recruits start moving into the house. Right. Um and, and like it, the so all of them move in and like that's just basically have like a uniform. They're wearing like black shirt, black pants, and yep. like black boots and like Ever Norton, you know, uh goes in and sees that they're uh watching like a news report and it's about like a they they started they like i don't know how to describe it. they like paint like a smiley face on the building and like uh, and blow up to it and set fire in two of the other building two of the other rooms of the building so it looks like a giant smiley face with burning eyes right and, and so the police are like we're gonna we think this is connected to like underground boxing club so then they like go to this banquet hall and they assault the police commissioner and they tell him to like stop investing investigating fight club or they're gonna cut his balls off right which I, which I forgot about that scene. Um, so, and at this point, like Edward Norton's starting to feel like he's being left out of the loop by Tyler. Like he doesn't know what's going on, which yeah, is cause, like, cause more and more, like more and more things are happening and he has no idea about them at all. Right. And which, which we realize later on is that cause he's like Tyler's taking control of his like mind more and more. Right. And Edward Norton's himself less. So he just doesn't know this stuff's going on. Uh, so then we get the scene where he beats the shit out of Jared Leto. <laughs> he says he wanted to destroy something beautiful. That scene is still gross. It's super gross. It's super gross. This, that's the thing about this movie is it's so visceral yes. and like just like dirty. Just like that's how I describe this movie. Just like dirty, like which is what it's going for. But sometimes sure. it's like, sometimes it's like ah. Oh. <laughs> it's very grungy, like just very yeah. You're right, just just filthy, like dirty. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, so yeah, Edward Norton's mad because everyone keeps talking about Project Mayhem and he doesn't know what Project Mayhem is. I think the first rule about Project Mayhem is you don't talk about Project Mayhem. Yeah, you don't, um, you don't ask questions about Project Mayhem. Edward Norton and, and Brad Pitt argue some more. Uh, they're in the car at this point, and that's when Tyler tells him that he was the one that blew up his condo. Right. Um, and, and that's uh, we kind of talk about it. Uh, that's when they intentionally get in the car crash. Yes. Um, uh, which uh, they seemingly are all fine. Which I was like, ah, this seems kind of brutal. I'm surprised that they're all just like, just get out of the car, and yeah, they're like, they, yeah, we're good. They roll and slide down a ditch. Like <laughs> they I'm, crash into another car yeah, and, and then, then roll, roll down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be okay. Um, so then like, uh, then he's kind of like, yeah, I don't, he's like, I didn't see Tyler for a long time. Like he said, Tyler was gone. Uh, and there's like so many people living in the house now. It's like a real, like, it's almost like a beehive. Like everyone's yeah, got their like own a, job. Like it's, yeah, it, it's like a real operation, like a real, like HQ, you know? Right. Um, so, so while this is going on, they come back from a, uh, operation and Bob got shot and killed. Uh, they blew up like a big statue is like a big part and it was like a big ball and they blew it up and it rolled in the crash shoe and it destroyed like a coffee um but uh but he gets killed and like they're like you know jared leto's like well just like you know we, we gotta hide the body bury him in the back you know and they're and like edward Orton's like we're not gonna bury him in the back you know like it's a you know like this is his name is robert paulson you know he's a man and they're like well, but sir you don't have names in project mayhem and basically he's trying to like talk some sense to him and they turn it into like a mantra as like part of the cult and they're all right. like chanting like his name is Robert yeah, Paulson. From their perspective they're talking to Tyler Durden. Right, right, right. And that is kind of where some of the stuff is still uh, uh, pretty funny because it's like upon a second watch you realize you know like or not even second watch, but once you watch it more than once and you kind of like understand, it's like, sure. Oh, okay. You know, you get why people would be so, com- you know, confused by him. And like, especially all, a lot of the interactions with him in uh, HBC. Oh, it's yeah. like, you, it's like Absolutely. you get, it's, it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, um, so, so he finds out that uh, ever Norton uh, finds out that Tyler Jordan has been setting up fight clubs, like all over the U S because he's like, he finds all the boarding passes, which how quaint is that? Like boarding passes that were actually like printed out. Uh, as well, opposed to, like those are because what they did then uh, for traveling is they would. Uh, that was part of the thing he got from his boss is they gave oh. him travel vouchers. Oh, that's so they, right. It was already prepaid. He just had to go and use them to get the ticket to go to wherever it is he needed to go. That's right. That's right. And he so he goes to all these cities and he finds the fight clubs and right. like the voiceover is kind of like. I just seem to know where to go. I could find it. And it's like, cause he was there already setting right. him up. So eventually he goes, I like how he goes into that one bar and the, like all the cooks in the bathroom in the back room. I like chanting, like his name is Robert Paulson. Uh-huh. And like the, the bartender is in like, he's in a halo. Uh, like head, yeah. Halo. Um, but he's like, Oh, it's good to see you, sir. And he's like, and basically he's like, well, who do you think I am? And he's like, and he, he basically tells him that he's Tyler Durden. Um, so then he has like a, uh, he has he has a conversation in the hotel room with Tyler Durden, uh, and, and basically figures out he's like, oh yeah, it's always been him. It's that when you get the flashback of all the scenes where he's yes. like seeing him again when it's just him. Yeah, well, um, he calls Marla too. Right, he calls calls Marla, and she confirms that it's that he's Tyler. Um, so uh, he passes out for a while, and then he goes back to the house, but it's all empty. 
Uh, and that's when he finds like all the plans for Project Mayhem and figures out that he's planning on blowing up a bunch of buildings downtown. Um, he talks to Marla, uh, tells because like that's the whole thing is that like Tyler was always to like to ever Norton about Marla is like don't talk to her about me. Right. And I guess it was because like they would he would figure out <laughs> that they were the same person. So like he uh, Tyler Durden is like, well, we got to kill Marla because she could jeopardize the whole operation. Right. So Edward Norton's trying to tell her to like get out of town. Uh, did you like the cameo by the lead singer of Live in that scene? He's the waiter. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> I, di- I, I didn't. I didn't even think about it this time around, but I didn't know that. Um. So uh, after after he gets her on a bus, he goes and he talks to the police, uh, and he's kind of like telling the whole thing. And I guess. Uh, this is where, like, I understand the idea of it, but so, like, Tyler's thing is he wants to blow up all these, like, credit card buildings because he wants to, like, erase everyone's debt, you know, and cause, like, financial chaos. Uh But, like, I don't think that's how it works. I mean, I think, like, those records are not just all in one spot, right? Like, you could blow up the headquarters of a credit card building and they'd probably still have the records. I mean, maybe not 1999, but I don't know how it worked in 1999, but the way it works now is they're centralized. Like they have, they but they have redundant backups. So they're they're it's cloud based storage. It's all done in cloud farms where they have all these servers that are just dedicated to storing data, and um, and they have redundant backups too. So I don't know necessarily how that would work. Also, none of those buildings would be housed in. Uh, New York, anyway, they're all in Delaware. Well, it's they're in Los Angeles, I think, in that in the movie. Oh, they are. Okay, yeah. Well, but anyway, all of those, all those buildings, all the credit card companies are in Delaware because Delaware yeah. has these weird uh, tax laws that allow credit card companies to work there almost tax free. Right. Well, anyways, and I realize that's not the point, but you know, uh, but I do like that. Like three of the police officers are like <laughs> in yeah. on it and part of Fight Club, and they're like, they're like, you told us you'd come here, and like you told us you'd say that. You definitely said you'd say that. And then they're like, all right, well, we're going to cut your balls off. Right. Um, but he escapes, uh, and he goes to the building on Franklin Street, um, and he tries to defuse one of the bombs. I like when he's trying to defuse the bomb, and he's like, oh, I don't know if you know. He's like, you know, so I know. And uh, they have a fight. And I like that scene because at this point we know that Tyler's not real, and I like um, – I like when they keep cutting to like the security camera yeah. where like they're fighting, but they cut to the security camera and you see it's just Edward Norton beating himself up again. Uh-huh. Um, so then we get back to where the movie started with him with his gun, the gun in his mouth, you know, and it's the countdown to the buildings blow up. Uh, and, and, you know, Edward Norton wants him to stop it. Um, but, but eventually he's like, well, he's like, you know, you don't have that gun in your, you don't have that gun. The gun's in my hand. Right. So, he shoots himself in the mouth. Yeah. And it kills Tyler seemingly, but he's okay. Yeah, he he shoots like through his cheek like out the side of his mouth. Yeah. Like he puts the gun in his mouth and points it like through his cheek essentially. And it's like symbolically killing Tyler Durden. Yeah, but I don't I don't get it. And it's, then, that's like, the same way in the book too, but again, I, I don't understand how that worked. So then a bunch of the uh, the the Project Mayhem guys show up and they have uh, Marla, they have HBC, and he's like, "Hey, let her go. Everyone, go downstairs. I'll I'll catch up with you." And they uh, watch all the buildings blow up, 
uh, while uh, Where's My Mind plays. And that's probably like the coolest shot in the movie where yeah. it's just like looking out the windows and all the buildings blowing up and falling. Yep. I do like the. I forgot the little cutback where you get the little, the frame of pornography. Yeah, right at the very <laughs> which, end. Which just a big dick just shows up. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that that's that's the end. That's the end of Fight Club. That's that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. There's we, a lot of- we are we broke the first and second rule. We talked about Fight Club quite a bit. It's okay. You know what? Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Go ahead. Sorry, you were going to say something. I, I like the little, especially watching it this time around, like I picked up a lot more on uh, where Tyler's kind of woven in and you don't realize it. Like the little the little flashes of him. Yeah. Uh, the little single single shots of him that, that appear in the movie. Um, yeah. You know, when people are having conversations with Tyler, they're not looking at him. They're looking at Edward Norton. Right. Know, stuff like that. Like it's it's all, there's a lot of, the movie does a much better job telegraphing the end than you realize until you've yeah. seen the movie once and then you go back and you're like, oh, there's that part there, there's that part there. And yeah, then the interactions it, with all the people, like especially HBC. Like you yeah. un- the first time you see it, you think her character is just a complete asshole. Yeah. And then you realize, well, no, Edward Norton's the asshole because he's Tyler Durden and she thinks he's the same yeah. guy. Yeah, it, I will say that it does a very good job of that because it's like it's like one of those ones where it's like you watch it the first time and then you're like, oh, okay, and then every subsequent watch you're like, oh, like I found myself immediately like, you know, like I said, I hadn't watched it in a decade plus, right. but immediately this time I was like, oh, okay, there's a little, there's a little clue, there's a little clue, like yep. they're 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 giving you all this stuff to, to put it together, but you wouldn't ever put it together probably, you know, unless you had read the book or whatever sure. or until you see it the first time. But but it, it does do a really good job kind of seeding that. And then you're able to go back and it's not one of those things where it's like, wait a minute, does this work? Or is it just like, a, it's like, no, it works. They do a really good job with it. I don't know. I feel like it'd be harder to beat yourself up that bad, but I don't know. I've never tried. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, if you think it's somebody else doing it, would you hold your punch? Would you pull your punches? I, you know what? That's fair. That's right. fair, uh, LPJ. Uh, do you have any role reverses? I do. Quite a f- not quite a few, but I have a few. Um, so initially, they approached Russell Crowe to play Tyler Durden, um, and he turned it down, I believe. And then they went with um, with Brad Pitt instead. Was he like, "Blind me! I ain't doing this. I don't do an Australian accent." So no, you don't. Um, <laughs> Crikey! I ain't being no Tyler Durden. So they just call him the narrator. I'm just, I'm just skipping over. Yeah, yes, that's they call right. him the narrator in the script, but it's, uh, it's Edward Norton's character. They actually wanted Matt Damon or Sean Penn to be in it because they had, you know, bigger name status, I guess, at the time. Um, but they both turned it down, I believe, and then that's why Edward Norton got it. Um, and then their Fincher's original pick for Marla was Janine Garofalo. <laughs> which I do not understand one bit. Oh, wait till we cover uh, cats and dogs. Ooh, truth like cats and dogs. No, thank you. Uh, and then Courtney, Courtney Love and, and Winona Ryder were both approached for it. Reese Witherspoon was approached for it, but they all turned it down. And then, well, yeah, I think I, I saw that said that the studio wanted them to go with Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon yeah. But that she was, she said no because she thought it was too dark. Right. Which it is. Oh, uh, totally. <laughs> and so then HBC did it. Yeah, which makes sense. I, th- I, I think she's really. I'm like she. 
I, I couldn't. I mean, it's always hard sometimes with these, but it's like I definitely couldn't picture anyone else. Like, she has the right kind of like she has the right mix of crazy in her, like crazy and kind of like she pulls off like the the kind of like grimy dirtiness yeah. of this whole movie. Well, I think you yeah, know? no, I agree. I I one hundred percent agree with you. Uh, that's all the ones I have. Oh, that's all you have. That's okay. It. Um, <laughs> anything else uh, specifically? I'm looking through this novel of notes I have, and right, I, right. I usually put a check mark by something that I think is interesting, but it's just like there's so much. But it's like I feel like this is a movie that came out that I just, and like you said, it was when I was in college, so I just remember. I think I might have had a Fight Club poster up in my dorm room at one point or the other. You know, it's like I feel like the big movies that were like people had posters of. Uh, we're like swingers in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think I got, I think when we went at the video store, when it came out on DVD, I gave it to you. It could be had yeah. a bunch of them. I'm fairly certain that's what happened. Um, but I, but I, yeah, this is a movie I remember watching a lot. I feel like the movies I watched most when I was in college and it's like the weirdest thing, especially since we've covered two of them on the podcast now are this movie, Gladiator and Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> so we just got to cover Goodwill Hunting. That's it. And they're all like two hour plus movies. I guess this movie is just now it's over two hours. It's two hours and 19 minutes. So yeah. uh, it's just a weird thing to watch a lot of. But anyways, um, yeah. It, 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 and this is a case of a movie. I think it's really weird that I've seen it, you know, like probably 20 times. But 19 of them were like 15 years ago, you know. So it's like right, right. it was so a long a gap. Yeah, long gap in, in me sitting down and watching this. So All right. Well, let's let's rate this thing. Okay. Okay, so just to refresh your memory, this is a machine gun scale, one to five, and you can do half machine guns. Who are you clarifying for? Just for you. I wanted to make sure you knew, just in case. I kind of want you to go first. Okay. Um. Let's see. I remember when I first watched this movie that I liked it. It was weird. I didn't really dig the ending because it didn't make sense that he shot himself in the mouth and that Tyler disappeared. Uh, I still feel that way about that part of the ending, uh, but it's interesting watching it now so so much later in life, uh, and especially after seeing it a couple times and watching all the little nuances that were added. Like I think I appreciate that stuff more. I appreciate the, the filmmaking of it more. Um, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the story, but I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I still like the movie, but I think it's lost its edge. You know what I mean? And I don't know if mm-hmm. it's just because of the amount of times I've seen it or because societally we're kind of desensitized to some of this stuff. Like this isn't as shocking as it once seemed. Um, so I think kind of the, 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 I don't want to say cool factor, but like the edge that it used to have is not really there anymore. Um, but I like the performances. Like all the performances are this are incredible. They're very, very good. It's very well directed. Um, the, the plot is fine. It follows the book. I've read the book. They're pretty similar. Um, and I enjoyed the book. Um, and overall it's a good movie, but you know, I think a lot of the themes that it went with are just sort of, lost on me like they don't have the same bite as they used to the whole consumerism thing and the toxic masculinity thing and it just doesn't i don't know i I feel like it falls flat compared to like that stuff falls flat compared to where we are now societally 
Um, yeah. But if I look at it from a pure movie and enjoyment standpoint, I would give this three and a half machine guns. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is a weird one because this is a movie that I absolutely loved. And I remember watching so many times and just, and I still, you know, I still rewatching it. it you know, it's, it's one of those movies that I know all the beats and I know everything and, and I still enjoy watching it. And I, and I respect the, the, the craft behind it and the performances, um, but I, and it, the story works and they did a good job seeding kind of the twist and all that stuff. But I don't know. I just feel like some of it and it just like, I, I just didn't, and not that I think I ever was like, Oh yeah, this is how I feel like with all the kind of like the masculinity stuff and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just, it, it, it's, it's tougher for me to kind of watch some of the stuff where it's like Tyler describing his ideal world. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like lay strips of medicine on a freeway and like, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, and that's the thing is like, I just don't know if this movie is like being serious about that stuff or it's again, trying to take the piss out of it and being like, look at how kind of silly this is. Like, I don't know. I guess it depends on your reading of the movie, but I feel like I just, all that kind of stuff. It's like, ah, I just, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like that kind of doesn't, jive with me as well as I think maybe it did at one time or maybe I just think about it more now where before I just didn't cross my mind but but I still enjoy watching it and I, and I still would recommend it and I think it's just, it's a very interesting weird movie with good performances and I don't know um, I, I think at one point I might have given this movie like four and a half machine guns uh, but I think I, I think now I, I'm at a three I'm at a three three machine guns with this you know like I think that's that's where I'm going to set with because I do think it's good and I do still enjoy watching it, but I definitely think it's something that hasn't uh, the the gap in time of me viewing it. It's definitely not. I, I don't know. It, it's something well, has I, changed. I yeah, I think I think this movie speaks to a younger version of me a lot more than it does now, and yeah. you know, I, you're right. The whole I don't know. It, it, there is something about it that the older the older I get, the more far removed I away from the ideology of it. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. Not that we are like hardliners or anything, but also oh, no, it's not like, at all. But I mean, or but I mean, like, yeah, I I mean, like the more and more it just seems like nah, that just seemed like that's I don't like I still like don't I've never been in a fight and I don't I still don't want to. I don't think I mean anything about right. me or who I am. I don't feel I know myself any less because I've never been in a fight like that. I don't, that doesn't seem like appealing to me, you know, like, I don't know, but, but, but yes, it's a solid movie. It's a solid movie. I think as long as you don't take the message too seriously. Yeah, no, no I'll, I'll agree with that. That's maybe that. where that's, that's what I think I'll say. So, um, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So this is, this is, this is a weird one. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I picked it, but at the same time, it's not really an action movie, is it? Uh, I mean, there's action no. elements. You know what? It's more of an action movie than Top Gun. I don't, I feel like you get some flack on that. I don't know about that. You know, you know what? Top Gun, I'm on record. Top Gun is a love story that has two scenes of action in it. And then that's about, about it. What about Top Gun Maverick? Oh, Top Gun Maverick is one of the finest action movies ever made. That is what? so superior to the first movie. <laughs> I, we need I, to cover that. 
Yeah, no, we will. It's funny because I, um, you know what? I'm going to save it for the episode because I, we've we've had some, I've had some arguments with people about trying to tell me that the first one's better. And I'm like, you're oh, those wrong. People, those people can <laughs> fuck right off because they are you're... incorrect. Um, but anyways, um, why why were we talking about Top Gun? Talking about oh, you said action movie. Action movie. Um, yeah, it's not really an action movie, but it, it's, you know, whatever. I mean, sometimes we yeah. can just cover a movie. You know, we didn't cover Clueless, so we can talk about whatever we want. We're still going to cover Mighty Ducks 2 at some point, so. Yeah, I guess we are, aren't we? <laughs> yes, just deal with it. We're going to. And we're, we're going to cover that. We're going to cover Transformers Revenge of the Fallen at no, some point. No, we are not. No, I am hardline stance on that one. No, we are. That is my, my, my line in the sand that is not going to happen. All right, fair enough. We'll see. Um, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Uh, uh, All right, let's plug. Do a plug. Plug, uh, plug something. Well, I want to plug Tubi. Sure. Um, you know it's free. <laughs> yep. Let's plug this free stuff. It's free. It's got a lot of content on it. I'm also gonna plug uh, Pluto TV. Sure. Um, that's free as well. Yep. Um. Trying to think of something else I'd like to plug. What's that? What about that uh, that Coke Zero you were just drinking? I, uh, you know what? I gotta say, guys, um, I gave up just like pop in general for a long time. Um, but then I, I I started allowing myself like a Coke Zero every once in a while. Now I probably have one or two a week. They're really good. They're a really good treat. Um, and I was drinking one at the start of the episode. So. Oh, you were um, pounding it. You were. <laughs> I don't know if I was pounding it. It was already you know, half like, done when I started that, drinking it. What's that kid's name in uh, Willy Wonka? Gloop? The kid who just starts drinking the chocolate uh, river? That was you with the Coke. I was I was pounding it more than that one tra- tape transformer who just has hands that go like... Oh, bumble, rumble? Bumble. Yeah. You were like rumbling it. It was crazy. Uh, which, by the way, I uh, I never listened back to episodes, but I li- I did listen back to some of the uh, like the last like fifteen twenty minutes of the uh, Transformers episode, and I and I was legit laughing out loud, especially when you're talking about that Transformer with the dong that like. Oh explodes. yeah. Oh, that's why I didn't post a picture. I was gonna post a picture of that. Uh, maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll do it next time. Um. But yeah, no, I I think that I think that's um. All I wanted to play. Go back and listen to some of our other episodes uh, about movies from 1999 yeah. or that were from 1999. Sure. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. Go to GameZillaMedia.com and you can check us out or just go just Google search Last Action Podcast. We're everywhere. You can find us on every platform imaginable, but not Stitcher because Stitcher's dead. <laughs> so <laughs> not Stitcher anymore, guys. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're available everywhere uh, and any 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 podcasting app. We're there. Uh yeah. So uh join us on Discord. I always plug Discord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Discord for sure. Actually, you know, we had that little uh snafu with the episode not being able to post and the website being down for a few days. Um you could have gotten all you could have gotten live updates from me <laughs> uh on Discord about what was going on. So if there's ever any kind of weird hiccup, go to Discord. I guarantee you I'll put something out there. I even tried, believe it or not, I tried to put part two of that episode on discord. It was just too large of a file and uh, behind the scenes on discord. You had me messaging LPJ be like, Hey, if this is a permanent problem, the podcast is dead. Let me know. Cause I had watched Michael at that point. Uh-huh. Like, I would save myself the trouble of watching it. He's, you said, Oh no, we're recording. Come yeah. hell or high water. Yeah, so. I was like, even if I got to release these on my own on some other <laughs> 
by some other means, uh, we were going to do it. We're going to we're going to limp toward episode three hundred if we had to get there. Yeah, we are not we are not making less than two hundred seventy episodes. We can't. Yeah. We can't not. We have to do at least two seventy, just so I can stick it to those stupid Legend of Retro motherfuckers. Because I because I think it's win win. Because either you have more episodes. Or they get so fired up that you force them out of retirement yeah. to make a few more episodes. So, like, either 100%. way, it's a win. 100%. That is either way. super win for everybody. E- either way, it's a win. But, yeah, um, yeah but join the, join the Discord. You're right. The Discord's a lot of fun. We talk about the episodes, but often on wild tangents about other stuff. So. Oh, yeah, super wild tangents. Just recently, what was that? What were we just talking about? The uh, What was that video you posted? Um, oh, Robot Jocks. We were just talking about Robot Jocks and Robot Wars. Yeah, which, and you were like, we're going to cover those, by the way. Yep. 100%. That's what we're doing. I'm calling my shot right now. God, all right. Well, we, we, might be able to, we, might be able, we might be able to broker a deal, uh, but you'd have to you'd have to do, have a concession. But I'll tell you about that off air. Oh, you know what? If, this, if that concession is Revenge of the Fallen, then no thanks. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's better than that. Oh, shit. Um. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk in a minute. Uh, anyway. All right, I'm good. You got anything else? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. Let's 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 wrap this up. All right, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>